1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone. Athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Chris Gronkowski. Chris, how's it going?
0: Uh, what's going on, man? I- I'm doing good. I've been up since uh, four a.m. grinding, man. Moving into a new warehouse, so it's been a lot of work. But and man, I-, I I like the grind. I'd rather be busy than bored.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely feel you on that. Um, yeah, before we go into like your business and your career, uh, how have you been holding up during uh, COVID?
0: Man, it's it's been interesting for sure. Y'all you know, had to switch up a lot of stuff. Uh, I got three kids under the age of three. You might hear one of them in the background crying right now. But um yeah man that was that was a big change, you know uh trying to run a business uh from home with three kids and stuff, so uh, I had to learn to adapt you know I had to learn how to pick up a couple extra hours by uh you know pushing my workouts until my kids woke up and you know cranking out some uh some work at four a m instead so uh definitely been a been a change up, but it's been
1: good man, yeah now going back in time um like what was your first memory of just like playing football?
0: Oh, playing football, uh, probably backyard football, man. Had to be. Um, playing with the brothers, we, we'd always play, like, you know, tackle in the backyard. And all I remember is, like, if I got through, if I, if I broke through, man, and I scored a TD, you had to throw down the big spike and do the dance after. And that's what it was all about, man. So, yeah, definitely backyard football in the snow. You take the big hit, but, you know, you wouldn't really feel it because you just land in a big snow pile. So that, those were the days, man.
1: Yeah, now, now, growing up with three brothers, like, uh, what was that like competitive competitiveness-wise?
0: Yeah, man, there was actually, so there was five of us total. Um, so four brothers, and uh, it was exactly what you think it is, man. Every day was a battle. Uh, we had to win in everything. If we didn't, we'd get in a fight. You know, If we lost, we got into a fight. So every day ended in, in an all-out brawl. In everything man, from backyard baseball, uh, we play like little mini sticks in the, in the basement. Uh, any game that we could think of, we would play, and uh, it, it was always a competition, even even who could eat more, you know uh, who could lift more? Every, everything was a challenge
1: before college. I mean what, what was your recruiting process like?
0: Uh, for me, there wasn't much. Um, I was uh, maybe a one star or if I was lucky, they, they'd say I was a two star. <laughs> Mm uh so I was actually going to uh the Ivy League um I had one offer for D1 at the time it was the University of Buffalo Uh, I was right down the street from my house and they wanted me to play guard um which I didn't want to gain another 50 pounds and, and play off as a guard so it wasn't really an option for me I was going to the University of Penn uh got into the business uh business school there the Wharton Business School and uh you know, I, I thought it was a pretty good opportunity for me. Uh, at the last minute I did get a, a full scholarship offer, uh, D one to the university of Maryland. And, and for me, it came mostly because of my grades. You know, I had a great GPA. Uh, they were having some guys that were failing out and, um, they were struggling. They were, they were about to go on academic probation. So, uh, they pretty much offered me and said, Hey, you better come in and get a 4.0. Uh, you know, cause, cause we need the help at this point. And, uh, Man, so, yeah, kids, stay in school, do your homework, get good grades. Because at the end of the day, uh, even if you're not as talented as another guy, you know, you might still get that spot, man, because you know, colleges are, are looking for guys that are dependable. And, and if you are that same talent as someone that's not as high of a GPA, they're going to choose you all day because it's it's they know you're going to be less of an issue, less of a problem, and, and, and more of a chance of succeeding and making them look good. So uh, grades are big, man. Grades are a lot more important than I think a lot of people, uh, you know, think uh they think it's all about talent, and scholarships come solely because of that, but i'm a I'm a great uh example of just the fact that grades helped me get where I was uh in a, in the d one scholarship environment
1: yeah, I mean, I pretty much ask every athlete that i- uh, comes on my podcast about their recruiting process, and you're definitely the first one to say something like that, you got in because your grades
0: yeah man, yeah, that's how you go from a one star to a full scholarship, man. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it's tough to get get really get recruited out of Buffalo, New York, especially for football. You know, I think we had five D1 players in the entire state of New York, um, you know, compared to something like uh, Florida, which is a similar size, they had over 300 guys that would go D1 a year. So uh, just a tough place to, to get out of. And, uh, you know, I was, I was fortunate to, to get a scholarship and, and get on the path that I went
1: on. Yeah, definitely. Now, I know you transferred to Arizona. Um, but just, what was your overall experience like in college at Maryland and Arizona?
0: Man, so I, I love college. It was a lot of fun. Um, just two different style programs is what it came down to. Uh, Maryland was extremely old school, you know, next man up mentality. Uh, we're going to beat you down and um, you're going to come out and you're going to be tough. You know, absolute tough love. Uh, you know, I uh, came to a point like you walk, I walk by my head coach who, didn't recruit me because I kind of got this last minute offer. I say hi to him. You know, he looks the other way. That was kind of how it was. Um, so never really felt like I, I belonged there, like I deserved to be there. Um, and so for me, it was a tough place to play. Uh, school-wise was awesome. You know, I had fun. Uh, I liked to party. And so that was cool. But um, Arizona was kind of the opposite way. Um, you know, went there. Uh, you know, I, was, I had to sit out a year. Uh, so I, t- I played baseball for a year. I tried. I tried to get it back, man. Taking it two years off was not easy uh you lose the swing pretty quick uh, I played one uh you know the summer ball as well uh, in Phoenix in the heat and man that was that was blazing hot but um came back from that and I was playing both sports and it was just crazy, man. I lost like twenty pounds doing it because I was working out with both teams I was practicing with football I was, I was doing double headers with the baseball team and uh I just had to give one up. I wasn't playing but Arizona was number one in the nation at the time and uh so there was, there was just really no chance of me playing at that time with, without, you know, playing for the last previous two years. I, I just didn't have it still. So uh, I passed up on that opportunity, went back to football, and um, completely different, different uh, I guess, coaching style there. You know, everyone was there. Uh, you know, we were having a good time. We were having fun. Um, you know, it felt like I, I deserved to be there. I was able to kind of make a role for myself. Uh, came in at a fullback position where they were only using it about seven plays a game. Oh, first game I played fifteen plays, had a touchdown. Oh, second game I had twenty-five plays. Third game I had thirty to forty plays, and and that's how it was, man. Kind of, kind of built my own spot there, and uh, and it was, it, it was just a, a good time. It's something that you know I went into thinking that was kind of uh, the end for me. I never thought I had a chance at the next level, but I just kept grinding, man. And, and the opportunity came, and and I took it.
1: Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. Was like, did, was your goal to? Uh, go to the NFL or not, or you were just like, I'm just going to play D1 and then like regular jobs. So
0: yeah, man, my goal was to get the best education possible. So I went and um, I got into the business school. I was one of two players on the team Mm -hmm. that was in the business school at the time. You had to actually apply to get in. Um, And so I was one of two and and I said, man, I'm going to get the best degree I can. So I, I got an accounting degree and I figured, Hey man, if anything, I have all these extra credits from summer school uh, that we have to be at for football. You know, I could just take a, a course or two more and I'd have enough to you know, get, a, get a tryout for uh, or, or take the CPA exam. So I figured that was the, the, my best opportunity to make six figures pretty quick out of school. Uh, so that was kind of my goal at that point. Uh, so I never thought, never thought I'd make it to the next level. I was always told that, man, it's, it's a one in a million shot, right? One in a million to make it to the NFL. or I mean, it's probably odds are probably even worse than that. And, uh, okay. you know, for me, I couldn't even get a college scholarship. Um, you know, I wasn't even the best in my own family. I wasn't even the second best in my own family. So I just didn't even think it was a, even a chance. Um, you know, I was the shortest, smallest, um, and probably the slowest in my family as well. So just didn't think it was in the cards for me. But it wasn't like I was just going to give up on it, man. I was always going to put my best at everything. And and I did. And, and when the chance came, I, I just I just jumped on it.
1: Yeah. And no, then what was it like just going through the process of like, you know, Uh, the pre-draft with your brother
0: it was cool man Um, so we we got to train together Mm -hmm. Uh, we trained in in Miami Florida together Uh, I was I was pretty banged up for my senior season Uh, Rob missed his entire uh, you know junior season so we're both kind of fighting through injuries and and pushing each other uh, to the the limit really to try to to be the best that we could for for me it was pro day Uh, I did get invited to the combine for him, it was actually ended up being pro day as well because he wasn't able to perform yet at the combine. And so uh, prep prep was it was intense, man. You know, it was really three months of um, you know stuck in a hotel, and, and the main goal was to get healthy, get faster, get stronger, and be the most the most appealing athlete that you possibly could for draft day. And then just leading up to it, man, we it, it was it was pretty crazy because you know Rob was coming off of uh, a, a season-ending injury. Uh, He had only really played 16 games in college and he declares for the draft early. Uh, So there was a lot of uh, just big, big question marks there, you know, first round talent, but uh, you know, a a medical history that could drop you you severely down in the draft. So uh, when when the first day went by and and we were in New York city and he didn't get drafted, it it was, it was, it was a tough day. You know, it was a lot of uncertainty there and and we didn't know what was going to happen. So, I ended up going second round the next day. We all got super excited. Uh, after that, flew home, had a little party. Um, I didn't get drafted. You know, I, I knew that it was a very unlikely possibility that I would, but I was getting calls during the draft. And the second it ended, um, it was almost, almost a blessing for me that I didn't get drafted because it allowed me to then pick the team that I actually wanted to go to. Uh, whereas my brother, Dan, he got drafted the second last draft. Uh, the second last pick of the draft. And he got stuck in a situation where, you know, there's a lot of good tight ends in front of him. And the only reason they took him was because it was a value pick. You know, he was the best talent that was left in the draft at that time. It wasn't necessarily a position they needed. But um, to get back to what I was kind of hitting on before, the second the draft ended, um, I already knew where I was going to go. My agent did a really good job. And, and I signed with the Cowboys within maybe a minute or two um, after the draft ended.
1: Yeah, yeah. what was that feeling like just signing with the Dallas Cowboys and you know, how how his story there?
0: Man, it was uh, – it, it, like, it, it felt surreal, man. Like, you didn't even think it was really happening because, um, you know, all I heard growing up is, is America's team and they were mm. just so dominant and, you know, they were, they were beasts, man. And, and so when I heard that, I, I just wasn't really getting calls from them or that much interest from them, so I didn't really see it coming either. And then just kind of out of nowhere, um, you know, My agent hits me up and says, he didn't even tell, he just said, we're signing with them. It wasn't like, hey, uh, you know, these five other teams, because there was, I mean, I could have probably signed anywhere at that point as a, you know, an undrafted free agent because, you know, they they want camp bodies, man. So they're they're looking for them. But uh, yeah, he just called up and said, hey, this is the right opportunity for you. You know, I've done my research. You're going to Dallas. And I was like, man, let's go. Let's go, man. Let's do this.
1: And then, uh, yeah, I know you played uh, – well, actually, what was your – yeah, what was your first game in the NFL? Like, were you, like, nervous or or was it just another game?
0: Man, yeah, hell yeah, I was nervous, <laughs> man. I was I was shaking on my first play. Um, my first start was actually – so I, I did start the first game. Um, I, I was actually in, a, like, a backup role, but we had a package in where um, I was the third tight end. So uh, I started the first game, and then the first game, our starting – our starting fullback got hurt and, and they released him after that so uh, my first true start at at, uh, at fullback was uh, against the Bears and, and I was lining up against Lance Briggs and um, Brian Urlacher so my very first play was uh, an iso up the middle against Urlacher and I just remember having my hand on the ground and my whole arm was just shaking man because all I was just I was just ready man I was just you know it, it was that moment under the lights the first play and all the nerves were, were were getting to me man and you know, I expected this massive massive hit up the up the middle and you know it ended up being just um I guess a lot less dramatic than I thought it was going to be uh someone like Brian Urlacher isn't in his 15th year in the NFL because he's filling holes and smashing heads still you know he's he's in the league for 15 years because he's a smart player he knows how to use technique and he knows how to fill a gap without hurting himself or, or other players so you know, that, that first play was just really um, just a really technique sound uh, play by Brian Urlacher to, to just fill the hole, do his job and get on to the next play. So it wasn't like this massive hit, head collision or anything like that. And it was kind of like, oh, man, you know, I was expecting a, like a tank to hit me. And it was kind of just another normal play.
1: Yeah. All right. So I know you played for the Colts, uh, Broncos and Chargers also. Um after that like what like did you retire or you just are you just wanted to go into the business world or like how did what happened after that
0: yeah so I I, um I finished up my rookie contract um Mm -hmm. so I actually continued on when I went through those three teams so I I signed a three-year deal Uh, after that I ended up signing with Chargers uh, about two months after my contract ended so signed with them um a one-year deal and in camp I got hurt so um I had a high ankle sprain, Ronnie Brown fell on the back of my leg in practice. And uh, at that point, man, you're damaged good. So uh, most of the time, unless you're a really good player, they're, they're going to release you. So uh, they had to release me with an injury settlement if they wanted to get rid of me. So uh, at that point, I had three years credited to, to, towards, my, towards my retirement. So I was actually I already had pension, um, I already had kind of what um, was a dream for me, like an amazing start for me. And when I got hurt, uh, you know, they offered me three games salary, which gives you a fourth credited season. So you have to at least play in, um, you know, three games or you have to be hurt, um, you know, for at least three games. So they offered that up to me. Um, I took it, it ended up being more like a three month injury instead of a three game injury. Uh, so I worked through that. I tried to come back and, um, went to Miami for a tryout, ran a 40 on my third step. I ruptured my hamstring and, um, at that point, it was have surgery or kind of just hang it up, man. And it wasn't like a bunch of people were knocking on the door for me. Um, you know, it, it was kind of, you know, I would have had to grind. I would have had to really, you know, work really hard to to get back into the game. So um, at that point, my 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 wife's business at that time that she started when I was in Denver started to take off. And I was doing um, a lot with her and, and we were actually making really good money um, to the point where my first year outside the NFL, I was, I was making more money with her. Uh, than I was playing. So uh, it's a really easy transition for me right into the
1: business world. Yeah, yeah, it seems like you had your mind on it like way before the NFL well, anyways.
0: Yeah, man, I, I always had, a, a, I always had a, a second plan, man. Yeah. That, you know, plan B, even when I was playing, because I, I knew I wasn't a superstar, man. Every contract that I signed, it could be void that day. You know, if I wasn't on the roster on a Wednesday, I wasn't getting paid anymore. So um, I had no guaranteed money. You know, my three year contract meant absolutely nothing. Uh so you know, if I showed up late or it's one bad play or one bad game, you know, I'm on the street the next day. So I always had a, a plan B, not because I wasn't all in, but because I, I, I knew I was in a position that isn't even needed anymore, man. You know, there was twenty eight starters in the NFL at, at the fullback position. Four teams didn't even carry one. And all the teams that I played on, I was the only fullback on the team. So you know, the second I got hurt, like I did in Indy and had pec surgery, you know, they just used a, you know, a tight end is what it came down to. So there the, the was definitely a disposable position. So I always had a plan B, you know, it was actually to go into taxes. Uh, when I was playing, I saw an opportunity where, you know, these are players that are making a lot of money. They're paying in every single state that they play in and they don't know how to file taxes. You know, They don't know um, anything about it because they've never been there before. So. Um, these CPAs uh, are getting some really good money to do it for them. And I saw that as a great opportunity as someone that did it themselves while they played, um, you know, to come in and, and be a trustworthy person that, that can get them a, a good tax return. So uh, that was my initial plan and that all changed, man, really quick.
1: Yeah. All right. So before I ask you about uh ice shaker, um, what, what advice would you give to like a younger kid trying to make it to a league or Make it or make or get a D one scholarship
0: man my my advice would be, man, speed speed speed, speed all day, man speed kills, like they say, um my dad brought in a speed coach for us when we were in high school. I went from uh, a five 0 to a five one forty guy down to a uh, you know a four seven to a respectable time to a to a time that would get me a scholarship, you know is what it would come down to if I ran a four one uh or, i'm sorry, a five one or a five oh forty it doesn't matter what my game film looked like, uh, at my size and my height, I was never going to get a scholarship anywhere. Uh, so I, I think speed, man, speed, agility, um, you'll get that working. And when you're young, it, you can make so much improvements because you just don't know, you don't have the form, you don't know how to do your starts. Uh, you don't know how to run correctly. And so get someone in there that, to show you, you'll, you'll, you'll dramatically change um, you'll, in one summer really is what it came down to. And you know, my dad brought in this guy. He he trained four of us. Uh, my oldest brother, actually, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. So sorry, four. My youngest brother was too young at the time, but uh, four of us, a couple of our friends. He started with like seven guys, and the next year he was he was at four high schools. Uh, you know, training entire <laughs> entire groups and, and teams because it was so successful because people saw dramatic increases in our performance. So, uh, to me, um, you know, doing the speed training, uh, agility stuff, just being able to control your body. Um, you know, is what takes you to that next level. So a lot of ladder drills, a lot of speed drills, and just 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 overall technique, uh, I I think, took us initially, um, you know, to that D1 level.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, especially for the guy too. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, it was a good little
1: business for him um going into the ice shaker how did how did you think of that and uh like yeah what made you want to uh create your own brand
0: yeah man so uh it was a day like today in texas uh (laughs) over 100 degrees out i was at the gym and man my bottle was just it was warm tasted awful and uh it's making little sweat rings on the ground and i'm like there's got to be something better out there this is probably the third bottle i used that day because i brought one to work you know I, i brought one to the gym and i'd come home and use a different cup or whatever but uh I just really wanted one bottle that I could use all day, every day, no matter where I was. So, you know, at work, at the gym, at the pool, on an airplane, you know, I want to be able to just easily fill it or easily clean it and then have the ability to to make a protein shake or or whatever on the go. So that, you know, I wasn't relying on, you know, junk. I could just throw, you know, some powder in my bag and at any moment, you know, just make a quick shake if I wanted to. So that was the overall goal. I uh, was able to make it out of kitchen grade stainless so it won't absorb the odor. Uh, insulated it so it would keep you know, the drink cold for, for over 30 hours and um, or, or hot as well. And, and, and so I just said, man, I'm just going to make the best cup that I possibly can for myself and, and anyone else that's just trying to live an active and healthy lifestyle. So uh, it was my passion. You know, I was working for my wife. It was amazing. We were doing really well. Still are. The company's still growing. But, you know, at the end of the day, that was her passion. And my passion was sports and fitness. So to me, if I could, uh, you know, basically – right off a gym membership and make some videos every day of me working out and call that a business, you know, I'm all in. So that's kind of how it started. And, uh, and four, four years later, we're, we're just continuing to grow. And it's been a, it's been a fun ride, man.
1: Yeah, definitely. How, how many prototypes uh, did it take? Like of the bottle,
0: man, it took, took forever. And really the prototypes were more of the seal than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, when you attach a, a metal, bottle anything to metal it's just hard to seal it so you got to get the seal right and the last thing I wanted was a bottle that leaks Um, so we went through seal after seal after seal like man I just want to make sure we get this right because every metal bottle on the market at that time um, which there was other metal bottles but they weren't insulated so um, you know if you bought a a shaker bottle that wasn't insulated it was metal it's a conductor so it's a conductor of heat and cold and it's absolutely freezing if you put ice in it or it'll burn your hand if you put hot in it so Um, I did look at the reviews on that stuff and people liked them, but, um, you know, they would burn or freeze their hands, but the biggest complaint was the leaking. So I just wanted to make sure that that didn't happen. So it it was a lot of prototypes. I would say probably about 15 different seals and then different bottles. Um, you know, we probably had like five or six different bottle types as well before we we finally made a decision and pulled
1: the trigger on it. Okay. And then, yeah, how did you guys end up on Shark Tank?
0: Man, so... Pretty cool story. I I had an email from my agent when I was playing in Denver. So 2012. Uh and it just simply said, Hey, um, you know, Shark Tank's looking for any former or current NFL players to come on the show. If you have any ideas, they'd love for you to submit them here. So I saw it. I love the show. I watched it all the time. And I put the, you know, I starred my email. You know, I didn't even know what email was really at the time. I never used it, but um, you know, I I put it, I, I put a star on it, man. I just said, Man, one day I'm gonna go back and I'm going to find this email and I'm going to hit it back and I'm going to have this great idea. And so fast forward, it ended up being uh, four years later when I thought of the idea. And I was like, all right, I'm going to hit them back up, but I'm not going to hit them back up yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until I at least have something that I can show them that has some kind of proof of concept, some kind of sales on it, and then I'll hit them up. So I actually waited, um, waited about three months until we had at that time about 25,000 to 30,000 in sales. And I hit him up and um, immediately got this response back like, hey, I don't work here anymore. I was like, oh, man, you know, I had all these hopes and dreams on this big game plan and she don't even work there anymore. They probably don't even want players anymore. And, um, you know, within five minutes, she wrote me back and was like, hey, I did find the girl that works there now, who took my spot. You know, uh, here she is and and introduced me to her. So I was able to move forward with the process. Uh, They asked for a video submission immediately. So I made a video of." you know, me working out, catching touchdown passes from the NFL, uh, ripping off my shirt—like everything I possibly could think of—just to, you know, really make this video stand out and be entertaining. Because at the end of the day, it's an entertainment show, and I knew that, so I wanted to make sure that I was entertaining enough. And I sent it in, waited about five days, and I saw a bunch of, uh, you know, people viewed it because it's actually through uh, YouTube uh, as an unlisted video. So I, I saw the views, and man, within uh, I sat sat by my phone, and within a couple hours, they called me and said, "Hey, that was awesome." Like we, we love to move forward with you. And a lot of, a lot of paperwork later. um, And and a couple of months later, I I was able to get on the show and the rest was history, man. Went from, uh, at that time, got it up to about 80,000 in sales when I got on the show in the first six months. Um, So six eighty 80,000, first six months of the company. And then after shark tank in the first 12 months, we we did over 3 million in sales. So really um, just took it to the next level, man, overnight, huge proof of concept. And (laughs) with that, um, you know, Uh, amazing. You probably 10, 20, 50, hundred X, you know, the business overnight, but the work with it also, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50, hundred X overnight as well, man. So I I became, uh, you know, became a a full-time job. It was just a side hustle before that, you know, everything was stored in upstairs in my house here and uh, just became a a full-time thing immediately. And I had to adjust really quick to keep the, keep the momentum going.
1: And then how, how much time was it from filming to the release date of, of Shark Tank?
0: Yeah. So it was, um, it was a couple of months. Um, so the thing they don't tell you is that um, I guess that most people don't know is that they won't tell you if you're going to actually air or not. So um, you record, you get a deal, whatever it is. Uh, you don't actually know if you're going to air. So only about 70% of them air. There's about 30% that don't. So, by stacking up on inventory, you're taking a chance you're taking a risk, and you also don't know when you're gonna air, so they won't tell you until two weeks before uh so for me um I, I was like, man, there's no way we're not gonna air you know I, but the whole family came on, my brother yeah. was on like they're looking to to bring in people that can bring a bigger audience to them. we're gonna air like there's hundred percent no doubt about it, you know, we got a deal, we had all five sharks offered, we played flip cup on the show man, like we did it all so I'm sitting there like, there's no chance. So I stacked up, man. We we took that time that three months to make a new bottle, you know, to improve it, to upgrade it and get it in. And we got it in about a week before the show aired. And, um, you know, we, we sold out of all of our old, old stock within 30 minutes and it was onto the new bottle. So it was a great way to kind of just convert over to this new bottle and, and this new model and just pick up a huge customer base overnight.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And now you made the deal with Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez, um, are they still involved today?
0: So Mark's team is, um, uh, so I, yeah, man, Mark's, I talked to them pretty much, um, every week, if not multiple times a week, uh, Alex, Rob, actually, uh, my brother bought Alex out, um, when he retired, when Rob retired. So Rob retired, he wanted to get in the business world. You know, he really helped me get to where I am today as well with just promoting the product, coming down shark tank and, um, you know, even bringing in the locker room with him. So, you know, he reached out and just said, Hey, Alex, you know, we're a family. I know you're all about family values as well. We love working with each other. You know, is there any way that, that I can I can buy your shares? And, and so they made a cool deal. Uh, Rob went on, you know, Barstool with, with uh, A-Rod and uh, he also did one of his fitness apps with him. And, uh, you know, in exchange, he, he he allowed him to buy the shares uh, back. So it was pretty, pretty cool trade-off, but it's now Rob, um, Rob and I and, and Mark Human.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I didn't even know that. Um, are you ready for some fun questions? We're going to go from average to savage.
0: Let's do it, man. I like it. I'm already savage though, man. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. Um, to Jer- Jer- Have you done jersey exchanges when you were in the NFL?
0: I never did, man. No one wanted my damn jersey, man. Come on. <laughs> all
1: right. So so here's your chance. So who would you want to do a jersey exchange with and not not including your brothers?
0: Man, for sure. Um a couple guys. I mean, I wish I did with Peyton Manning and you know, when nice. I was playing with him. That would have been great because, um, you know, that was cool. But one thing I did get was um I stacked up on signed balls, man. Okay. We we have the option to get as many team signed balls as we want. So I have them all, man. So I have uh, – I even have the year before with Tebow on it. And I stacked up, man. I have like 10 of them.
1: Nice. So that's pretty cool.
0: But – um, so I definitely – definitely with Peyton Manning. Uh, man, one of my favorite players to play with was, was Marcus Ware.
1: Nice. So I would,
0: I would – I would swap with him as well. Uh just a great teammate, man. And and uh, you know, he's gonna Hall of Famer as well. So uh definitely, definitely those two for sure.
1: Yeah, when you're not um running all your businesses and stuff, what do you like to do in your free time?
0: Man, lift weights, uh play with the kids. And man, uh I I don't know. Like I, I if I'm not doing something, I lose my mind, man. Like I, yeah. I consider boredom like a disease, man. Yeah. So I'm always constantly doing something. I like social. I think it challenges me. I think it makes me be creative. And I like the challenge of it. So uh, sometimes you'll see me go pretty hard on social media. Uh, I go in and out on it. But I find that as a hobby, man. Like, it really is. Like, to create something new each and every day it is a challenge. It really uses your mind. So I, I consider that as a
1: hobby as well. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, and last one, uh, what, was, what was more intimidating, going against Brian Urlacher or the Sharks?
0: man uh i tell people all day man it was uh that first start in the nfl 100 percent man i mean someone like urlacher is a guy that i watched in high school and, and man he, you know you he, he were like you know i was so amazed by him they show all the big hits like you know and then i'm, I'm going against him and uh you know and even lance briggs man lance briggs he, he was still bringing the heat he was eight years in and he was still man like he he wanted to leave his mark man so he, he was coming hard but um yeah, hundred percent, man. The NFL is, is so much more intimidating. Uh the thing with the Sharks is that you can prepare. You know, yeah. you, you I had nine nine seasons to watch, uh, where I can pretty much memorize each and every question that they asked. And I came in so prepared that I was confident and, and uh, you know that you'll never you'll never get that confidence, you'll never be that prepared uh for uh, for a game because things change on the fly, yeah. you know. Uh, a guy, they could come out in a completely different defensive scheme that they'd never run before. And man, you're just like, wow, now I have to adjust to it. You know, and, and with adjustments, you know, it, it comes a lot of uncertainty. And that's why you can just never, never prepare like you can for for, for a TV show, man. So yeah. <laughs> all day, every day, um, way, way, way more nervous for my, my first start, probably every start, man. Yeah. That first kickoff, you know, I was always, I was on kickoff coverage and, and I was on the kickoff team. So Really, that first uh, that first play was kind of – it was always, always uh, definitely, you know, butterflies, you know, super nervous. Almost like, man, like you can't even move. You're kind of frozen for a second until you finally start running and you get that first hit in. And then, boom, you're good, man. But, yeah, all day, all day NFL. All
1: right. Actually, I got one last one. Who is there any athlete that you really want to get uh, to use the ice shaker? Yeah, uh, I, w- I don't
0: know if you- I would consider – I will – yeah, I mean, he was an athlete, but uh, the rock, man, all day, the rock. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if, we get, if we get the rock, I, I would 100% love to get the rock, uh, you know, an ice shaker and uh, put the put the big bull on it, man, and the Brahma bull, and I'd love to see him rock it. But um, I, I've tried, man. I, I told Rob to give him one when he met him, and he did, but I haven't seen it show up yet. So that, okay. that's kind of uh, the one guy that I, that I wish I could get the product into his hands.
1: Yeah, it's dope. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, do let the listeners know where they can follow you.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. So follow me at Chris Gronkowski, uh, Instagram, Twitter, my um, TikTok. We're actually launching a YouTube channel with all the brothers um, coming up soon, man. So by the time this releases, it might be out. Uh, check out the product at ice shaker.com and then at ice shaker bottle on, on all the socials. And then last but not least, man, we, we, I have a, a podcast as well called gronk Up. So listen to me um, anywhere. You know, we, we bring in some really cool people, um, some big time names, man. And uh, it's all about just bringing value, you know, in business, sports, um, really anything you could think of, we, we pretty much covered at this point. And if we haven't, just let us know, man. And I'll find an expert on it and I'll bring them in and we'll cover it.